All right. Come on, pray with me. Thank you, Lord God, that it's, you've given us the privilege of partnership with your kingdom. You've given us the privilege to partner with our finances. And Lord, I thank you that the vision of this house moves at the pace of our generosity. Lord, I ask right now that you would reveal to each heart what to give. I thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord of our money. You are the Lord of all. So, Lord, I bless this offering. I thank you for it. I thank you that it'll, it'll have an impact of the lost being found, the found being free, and peace reigning in our city. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I pray today also for the word. I pray right now. Would you put your hand on your heart? And just right now, every heart, Lord, convict us. Come on. Pray for conviction. It's a good thing to do. Lord, convict me today. Convict me. Show me where I need to walk a new way. Show me who you are. Show me your love. Show me your grace. Show me your mercy today in a new way that hits my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. We're in this series called Family Business, and it's kind of topsy-turvy. You know, kingdom is that way a lot of times. It's the right side up kingdom, as Pastor Abraham says. Uh, but you know, there's, there's church rhythms. A lot of church uh, planners and church professionals would call me a fool for doing a series like this at this point in the year uh, because it really is the time where everyone's traveling and the family isn't even all here. And, you know, you're talking about money and things like that. It's like the worst time to talk about it on the church calendar. But thankfully, we're, I'm not into uh, churchianity. You know, I'm into Christianity that does what the Father's doing, says what the Father's saying, and we believe this is what he's saying. So uh, we're really answering the question, is the church a business? And last week we started it. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, I answered that quickly. I said no. That's the short answer. Long answer, it's the family business of God. The church is the family business of God. I don't know if you know this, but when you came into the church, you, you became part of the family business. And God is in the business of building people. And we around here believe in building people more than we believe in building big ministries. Big people have a lot of ministry to offer. Big ministries have a lot of people to consume. Did you hear what I just said? Big people have a lot of ministry to offer. Big ministries have a lot of people to consume. Big ministries usually take because they're built on, you know, systems, not the spirit. So what we look for is who's inspired to do what? How do we build an opportunity and then support that opportunity? That's what we do, okay? So when we are looking at the church, when we're looking at the Bible, when we're looking at what do these things mean? What, is, what does this mean? You know, money in church is usually a, a traumatic topic. You know, most, most of you, if you've been in church for very long, it's an uncomfortable topic. And you might be uncomfortable this whole time. That's okay. Like, money is not evil. Okay, I got one amen and a three rights. Money is not evil. The love of money, however, is the root of all evils. We talked about it last week that either you're serving your money or your money's serving you. Can't have it. It's, it's one of the two. It's one of the two. Man, that message last week was good. Whoever the preacher was, he knows what he's doing. I'm just remembering great points. I'm like, that's really good. We talked about how sons and daughters, true sons and daughters, contribute more than they consume. Time, talent, treasure. So that's the question. Are you contributing more than you're consuming? But today, I really, uh, I was away with the Lord. I heard this just clearly. I saw it in the book of Acts. So clearly, this one truth that we need today. Are you ready? Here it is. This is the bottom line. Without generosity, we are not the church of Jesus Christ. You remove generosity from your life, you're not participating as the church. 
It's a must-have. It's a must-have. I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is what it says. This is right after the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. This was right after 3,000 came to the Lord in one day. Okay? It says, every believer, say every believer, was faithfully devoted to the following, to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. We're like, yeah, I'm loving this. This sounds great. I like this. All the believers were in fellowship as one body. Still love it. And they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. That's what it says. Whoa. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes. Oh, we love this. To celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful and tender humility. Love it. They were continually filled with praises to God. Love it. Enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Did you see what's right in the core of that? Like right smack in the middle in this description of the church. It's a core value of the church of Jesus Christ. Without generosity, we are not the church of Jesus Christ. It's like we love it. We love the faithful devoted. We love the people come and they receive teaching and they devote themselves to the teaching. Oh, love it. Great. Mutual submission, hearts linked together. We love it. Coming together for prayer. Oh, they had prayer meetings. Oh, we love it. We love it. A deep sense of holy awe. Oh, we love it. Are you getting my point? They shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Ooh. Can we have everything else on the menu, Lord? Can we please just, you know, because I like my stuff. What's going on here? What's going on here? Are we all supposed to sell everything we are? Well, no. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, 32 through 37, 32 through 37. Little, another summary, okay? At the end, this is after Peter uh, and heals the man at the gate, and they're told, you cannot preach in the name of this Jesus anymore. And they're like, ha, you can decide for yourself whether we obey you or God, you choose, you know? And then they come back together, and it says, all the believers were in one mind and one heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community. What a statement. Think about it. Can we say that? Can we say that? Selfishness is not a part of our community. There's no one in our community being selfish right now. Can't say it. I'm sorry. Grieves my heart to say we've fallen from something. We can pray it. We can declare it. Yes, that's what should happen. But we can't say it as a description, only a prescription. That's the prescription. Hallelujah. Let's just go home. Let's have an altar call and go home. No. Selfishness was not a part of the community. I read that this week and it just went. You know when you're reading your Bible, sometimes stuff just jumps out of the Bible and smacks you right in the mouth. So it's like, bang. What? What a radical statement. 
it's okay. If the shoe fits, just kick it off, you know, just kick it right off. If you're feeling convicted, that's good. That means you're breathing. You know, it's scary when a Christian doesn't come under conviction. That means you've seared your consciousness. It's a step before apostasy, just so you know. Man, y'all need it today, I guess. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. If you're calloused, if you never feel the Lord moving you everywhere, anywhere, that's a problem. You need to ask the Lord what's keeping you from sensing his heart on the matter. They shared everything they had with one another. Amazing. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great measures of grace rested upon them all. Not upon the pastor or the preacher or whatever. Upon them all. Say them all. There's, a, there's an ingredient mix here. You know? And if we want great measures of grace to rest upon us all, we got to take the whole thing with it. Got to take the whole menu home. You got to take all of it. Yeah? Okay. Some who owned houses or land even sold them and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute those to those without. Not a single person among them was needy. Can we say that? <laughs> Not yet. I love your answer, brother. Not yet. Man. Challenge accepted. Yeah? Not a single person among them was needy. All right. A couple things from there. First of all, if they sold their houses and they only had one house, now they're needy. Get with me. If they sold their house, some people preach like, say, sell everything you have. See, sell all that you have. No, that, keep reading. Not a single person among them was needy. Listen, if you do this the wrong way, you will give yourself into poverty because you don't understand the principles of the kingdom. You're supposed to steward what he gives you to multiply it so that you can give from your abundance. If they sold houses and land, that means it was houses and land they weren't currently living on. It's called investment properties. Hello? People are like, oh, that Christian, they own four houses? They have a, their house is way too big for their family. You don't know how many people have been so, like, you know, given a place to sleep at night. You have no idea. Okay? So before you pull out the splinter and their eye, check the plank in your own, bro. All right? It's really hard to judge from afar. Especially you have no idea how much they gave. So until you know how much they gave and you outgive them, shut your mouth. You're welcome. <laughs> Someone who owned houses or land sold them and brought the proceeds. They said to the apostles, here, we had some. People are being added every single day to our number. They're like, here, use this. There's got to be people who need homes. Give them, give, them, give them this money. They can buy a house. You know what I would have loved to seen last year during the pandemic? People are losing their jobs. I would have loved to seen Tampa say, hey, actually, you know, federal government, Uncle Sam, whatever you want to say, we don't need it. The church, I, I wish the church could have said, we're good. Everyone getting evicted, we're going to pay off their mortgages. You're good. Oh, stimulus checks, we are the stimulus check. Hold up. No, we don't need it. No, you, please send that somewhere that really needs it because the church is here. Send that somewhere where there are no Christians. 
oh, you, you lost your job. Okay, what was your, what was your salary? Here, bang. Here's your, a year's wages. That's the spirit of generosity. All generosity comes from abundance. All generosity comes from abundance. I'm gonna say it again. All generosity comes from abundance. You cannot be generous unless you have an abundance. Now, let me clarify here. You might be thinking, well, what about the widow who gave out of her poverty? Wasn't that generous? Yes, she had an abundance of faith that God was going to provide for her next meal, which she had no money for. That was out of abundance. She had an abundance of faith. I'm going to give my last dollar, and I'm a widow. The Lord's going to take care of me. He promised to take care of widows in his word. Here, here, Lord, you can have this money. I believe you to take care of me. She walked out with nothing except in abundance. All generosity is rooted in abundance. You know, I have, a, I have a suspicion that daily people aren't being added to our number for a couple of reasons. First of all, we don't actually present the good news. We're like, good news, you're a wretched sinner. Good news, you can come in here and feel bad about yourself every Sunday. Good news. Why don't you want it? No one's responding to the gospel. Okay. Filter yourself. You should be able to say, no one is responding to the good news. And if that doesn't work in what you just said, you might not be preaching the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're like, repent, repent. Why? You turn from something unto something better. Like peace and joy, righteousness, peace and joy. That's the gift on the table today. If you don't know the Lord, he wants to make your life completely right. He wants to put everything right. He wants to give you peace, which in the Hebrew is shalom. It's nothing missing, nothing lacking, wholeness. He wants to give you joy. I can't find one person on the planet who wants less joy. Not a single person. I'll take less joy. Could you ratchet down the joy, please? Just turn it down. Turn the dial back. I don't like all this joy. Can't find them. What does that prove to you? Everybody wants the kingdom. If we just present it rightly, I promise you they'd be coming. That's one reason. Here's another reason. I don't think we actually have the resources to steward people coming to our number every single day. I think we have bad beliefs about money, and we can't support those who are in need. So God, the good father, is not going to send them in here to be broke and blessed just like the rest of us. This is important. Your beliefs about money are hindering the advancement of the gospel. Your wrong beliefs about money. I'm not talking about this building. Have you noticed we're not really paying for a lot of stuff in here? We're in a warehouse. Okay? And I'm not saying that having nice buildings is wrong. I actually was in a beautiful building in Michigan. It was actually a Catholic nunnery. These nuns were so sweet. I wanted to take them home. They're so sweet. I went into the Catholic, you know, their mass area. It was so gorgeous. The windows were looking out to the, to the, uh, to nature with all these trees. I'm just like, okay, if I build a building, I'm having windows that, that look out to trees behind like the pulpit, like behind me, a vast array of glorious creation. I'm like, I'm doing that. Uh, that, oh, I just sat there captivated for hours. You know, it was amazing. I'm not saying you can't have nice stuff. I'm not saying you can't do nice things. I'm saying, where's your heart, bro? Are you multiplying to be a blessing? Or are you multiplying for fear of lack? 
I need to make more money, make more money, because I don't have enough. I'm afraid of it. I'm not. Or are you like, I need to make more money. There are people that are getting kicked out of their homes. I need to find a way to multiply my income so that I can pay for their house. Hello? I'm talking to the church. This is the spirit of generosity that was in the early church. But we're like, oh, we're not even sure we're allowed to have money at church. And we're like, oh, should I? I? I was really good at my job. I got a bonus. I got an extra 10 grand. So what do I do with it? Uh, am I allowed to tell people? Can I testify that this wasn't even like, it was just my boss went, you know what? I want to give you a bonus because you're a great worker. How many of those testimonies do we have at the pulpit? Like, we have a testimony. This person was the worst, per worst employee of, you know, the bad employee of the month, and now they're employee of the month. That should be just as much celebration. Like, they're stewarding their time and their resources, their talent, and they're becoming a light in their workplace. You want to influence? Be good at something. We're broke and bad at stuff, and we're saying, why won't the, the world receive the gospel? Their hearts are so hard. This, it's such a hard land for the gospel. Mm. I never found nothing that's hard to talk about good things in. Good news is always easy to talk about. <laughs> you should have your money working for you. We're going to talk about this in the coming weeks, so don't worry. I'm just paraphrasing right now. If your money's not serving you, you're serving money. And you cannot serve God and money. That's right. Come on. I know. If it, you're feeling convicted, good. It means you're, feel, it means you're alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Without generosity, we are not the church of Jesus Christ. And you have to have an abundance to be generous. Es verdad or no? You see, you have to have an abundance to be generous. Come on. Oh, I so want to hear about needs in our church. And not even have to take an offering. Just bang. Don't tell them it was me. That's what I want so bad. They just lost their job. How much were they making? Yeah? Here's six months. Don't tell them. Just give it to them. Tell them the church gave it. Oh, I want that so bad. Like, you greedy pig. What? <laughs> you know what's greedy? I just want enough for me and mine. I don't need more than just my bills paid. That's greed. These people are dying right across the street. We need to change our view of this thing. The Lord wants to mature us in love when it comes to money. In everything, but especially money. Because it's got such a grip on us. The Apostle Paul lived this way. He believed it. He lived it out. Listen to Acts chapter 20, verse 33 through 35. He's talking about himself. He says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel while he was ministering. You yourself know that with these hands, these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. Did you hear that? Oh, somebody hear that. I'm going to get straight Pentecostal. Sorry, walking around the room right now. Oh, I didn't even see that till just now. Thank you, Jesus. Ministered to my necessity and to those who were with me. Paul was paying for those people to minister. He didn't just provide for himself. He provided for the other ministers around him, those who were with me. I paid their bill. We didn't come in, preach the gospel, say, all right, cough it up. I paid the bill of me and everybody who was with me. I want that so bad. 
Oh, I want that so bad. Imagine all of the church's bills are paid through great stewardship of finances and brilliant entrepreneurial ideas. Imagine we take an offering and we don't care at all. Like everything's paid a year in advance because we just made a few million on this brilliant idea. Imagine, imagine this place was so generous, everyone participated in giving that we could take a whole month off and literally go serve other churches. I had a vision of that this week. I had a vision of other churches reaching out to us and saying, we don't have anyone to lead worship for a whole, whole month. We, we're out. We have no one to lead worship. We're going we're to have no worship. Say, so I got a team for you. And we send a whole team to serve that church for a month. I saw another thing. Brilliant administrators, people who build systems. I saw us sending people into other churches for six months to a year saying, hey, you're going to serve the Lord and this house by serving that house for six months. You're going to go help their systems get right. You're going to build something that's sustainable without you so you can come back. That's generosity out of abundance. We need to get this right, y'all. He said, I provide these hands, his hands ministered to his necessities and those who are with him in all things, say all things. I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. Imagine your paradigm for working hard was because I need to find some weak people to help and I need the resources to help them. Help the weak and remembers the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Do we believe that? Don't answer. Seriously. Seriously. It's better to give than it is to receive. First Thessalonians 2. Verse eight, he's talking to the Thessalonican church. Paul said, he said, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We share with you our very lives. That's generosity. They, they didn't like come, preach, leave, hide away in a tent, and then come out when it's time to preach, and then hide away. They shared their very lives with them. That's generosity. And then I love this, Matthew five sixteen. Oh, I love this. This is the words of Jesus. It's a paraphrase, but it's it's the point. He says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, the generous father in heaven. You know, more people who don't know the Lord based on the church's behavior in the last 200 years, probably think the Father in heaven is anything but generous. They probably think he's a money-hungry, penny-pinching Scrooge because the church is broke and begging. What happened to you shall be the head and not the tail. You shall be blessed in your coming and your going. What about all the promises of God? I said it last week, but you know the Gentiles, that's us, the non-Jewish people are supposed to make the Jews jealous. Did you know that? That's supposed to provoke them to the Messiah. 
Ain't no Jew jealous of a broke Gentile. <laughs> Not a single one. They don't want what you got. People are like, oh, we should be poor, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Bless, let, me, let me help that because you might have verses in your head. Blessed are those who are impoverished in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom. Listen. Blessed are those who know they have nothing unless it comes from the Holy Spirit. Blessed are those who feel their absolute need of God. That's what that means. By opening up your lives to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Oh, Lord, help us. Oh, Jesus, help us. Show us the truth. Holy Spirit, right now, show us. Convict us of our wrong beliefs about money. Show us the truth, Lord, that you are in the business of building people, that the church is your family business, that we're here to bless, not to curse, that we're here to build, not to tear down. God, help us. Here's how we're going to end today. I'm going to have everyone stand, if you would, if you can. I'm going to have the prayer team come forward and Miriam come up on the keys. The Lord showed me this week that I need to be a little more confrontational. No joke. That's what the Lord showed me. Uh, are, you, are you ready for more confrontational, Caleb? <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, no. <laughs> We're going to pull these lights down, and we, this is the time to respond. This is a time to respond. This is what we're doing for the rest of the, our short time here. You're, I'm asking you, I'm telling you, you need to respond either in worship to the Lord, in prayer, we're going to sing a chorus, or you need to respond at the altar. And listen to me, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you've not given your life to the Lord, none of this is going to help you. If you've not given your heart to Jesus, if, you, if you've not said, my life is not my own, it's yours, Lord, I can't help you. You, on your own, are on your own. But you, with God, nothing's impossible. And God didn't wait for you to figure it out. He came in the form of a man named Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life that you never could. He died a horrible death that you don't want to die, I promise you, by being crucified on the cross. It's not a fairy tale. It's the truth. Not only that, he rose from the grave three days later. Someone say amen. He sat down at the right hand of God. He's the resurrected one. He's the living God. Our God is the only God who is resurrected and alive. And he is speaking right now to every heart saying, if you don't know me, I want you to. If you're not in my family, I'm calling you home right now. It's time to respond. If you don't know the Lord, come to the altar right now. One of these prayer team members will help you. If you do know Jesus and you're feeling, oh my gosh, I've, I, 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 my heart is super convicted. I, I've been believing so many wrong things. I need a, a prayer of agreement to break off lies. Come to the altar right now. Don't wait. Come to one of these prayer team members. If you have pain in your body and you don't even know if Jesus is real, come to the altar. We're about to prove it right now. It's time to respond. If you're not called to respond at the altar, you're called to respond to the Lord. So let's pray. Let's sing this song. Go ahead and lift the chorus. Pray out loud. Lift your voice in prayer. If you don't know the Lord, come now. 
come right now. Do not wait another second. Come on, pray for your brothers and sisters on the left and the right of you. Just pray in, in the spirit, pray in song. Come on, come to the altar. Do not wait. Come on, sing, I make room for you. I will make room for you. Come on, church, pray. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice to the Lord. I'll respond to the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, don't you dare leave. We have a rescuer for you. Yeah. Come on, respond to the Lord. Amen. Come on. Sing, shake up the ground. Come on, of all my tradition. Shake up the ground. Break down the wall. If you're watching online, we have a team ready to pray with you online. Just type in the comments, I need to give my life to Jesus, or I need prayer. Come on. Come on, church. Respond to the Lord. Open your hearts to the Lord. If you need to just sit down and pray, sit and pray. Close your eyes. Respond to the Lord. Come on.
Lord Jesus, we mean it. Come on, do you mean it? Lord, do whatever you want to. With my finances, do whatever you want to. With my heart, do whatever you want to with my life. Come on, church. Come on, church. Do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. We give you permission, God. We give you permission, Lord. Whatever you want to do. God, today, 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 Lord. Yeah, yeah. So listen, as we close, those who are receiving prayer, just keep on receiving prayer. If you didn't come to the altar and you need to, this team is going to be here. This team is going to stay down here. If you did not respond to the Lord, let me tell you something. If you don't know the Lord, today is a day of salvation, not tomorrow. Today. What does that mean? That means he wants to deliver you today. He wants to give you the Holy Spirit today. He wants to give you peace today, joy today. Why would you go another day without what he's offering you? Life and life abundantly. Today, come to the altar. We're going to close but they're gonna stay here. We're gonna play some music and you can continue to respond to the Lord. You can receive prayer. You can come for healing. Whatever you need to bring to the Lord, bring it. Amen. So we're gonna pray to close, but keep on. We're just gonna call it, it's a soft close. It's where we just close like this, okay? We'll pull up the lights. But we say, Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you've done today. We ask to continue your good work. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.